This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 12. So this is the time to pick out a Bible or your notebook. If not, and uh, refer to the projection in front of you. I'll read from uh, the NIV. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about it, suddenly two men, clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told this, they told all this things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over, saw the strips of linen lying there by themselves, and went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of God. He is risen. Okay, and then in a normal service, in a normal year, people would respond, He is risen indeed. Today we gather to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And definitely I'm sure there would be some amongst us for whom this whole notion of a dead man Raised to life again is something too hard to believe. So what we're going to do today is we're going to spend some time looking at the evidence that the resurrection really happened. You can see the, the slides, right? two simple points. The resurrection really happened and that the resurrection really makes a difference. So first point about the evidence for the resurrection really happening. Uh, three pieces of evidence that the historical reality of the resurrection is based upon. The first one is that, first one, Jesus really died. Okay, so not only Christian uh, historical sources, but even the non-Christian, uh, Jewish or Roman historians, they all say the same thing, that there was a man by the name of Jesus, who lived and who died by crucifixion. So the historical evidence for Jesus being crucified is is very strong. And if you know what crucifixion involved, 
that you hear on Friday when uh, Pastor Andrew showed, you know, archaeological evidence, you know, human bones with the nail pierced through it. Okay, so that's what crucifixion is. You know, Roman form of execution where you're hung on a cross, nails through your wrists, through your ankles. It's really, really hard for anyone to survive that. And let's say even if Jesus survived it, somehow, you know, he, he hung there for hours and somehow he could get off the cross. When the disciples saw him again, they would see a, a, a creature of a man, a man so mortally wounded that they would not have thought resurrection, but rather they would, okay, get a doctor and okay, try and try and keep him alive. Okay, so the first fact, uh, Jesus really died. Now, the second piece of evidence is that the tomb was really empty. And you can see from our passage uh, that was read for us is it was uh, the women. Women were the first to go to the tomb and to see that, eh, the corpse, they went there expecting to see the, the stone still there, but the stone had been rolled away. And when they peered in, they expected to see the, the corpse of their master lying there, but they saw no corpse. Instead, the angels declared to them, he has risen. And so, if the resurrection was something that was made up, if this was a conspiracy, then there is no way that the writers would say women were the first. Okay, and the reason for that is because, you know, unlike today, uh, in the first century, women's testimony had no uh, status in a court of law. It, it did not count as reliable or valid uh, eyewitness testimony. It did not count. So if this was being made up, no way they would write, women saw it first. But they wrote, women saw it first, because that's what really happened. And notice when they went to tell the disciples, you know, like the, you know, Eugene say, okay, close your eyes, imagine, you know, women coming. When they told the disciples, the disciples, you see, in verse 11, they did not believe the women. This is not something that they even expected to happen. They thought it was nonsense. Hey, what do you mean the tomb is empty? Okay. And then even Peter goes there himself. And even after Peter sees for himself that it is empty, he says there, he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Even Peter is not, you know, after he sees it for himself, he's not even thinking resurrection. He's thinking, what, did someone take the body? Who were the grave robbers and all that? Yeah, so the first, the second piece of evidence, the tomb was really empty. And when the news spread, the disciples proclaiming that Jesus had risen from the dead, anyone in Jerusalem could have gone themselves to the tomb and they could have checked for themselves. Like this was something that people could verify independently. And the fact is, this piece of evidence that the tomb was empty stands. Like it is verified. People verified it. They saw there is no account of a, a different story. Even the enemies of Jesus say that the tomb is empty. But the reason that they give, obviously, is not that Jesus rose from the dead. The reason that they gave is, oh, the tomb is empty because, and they've got to give some reason, right? Why is the tomb empty? And the reason they gave is that the disciples stole the body. 
Someone must have taken the body. Okay, so the second piece of evidence as historical evidence is really solid. There is no account of anything other. It is empty. But the reason why it's empty, okay, the enemies say, okay, someone stole it. The disciples, they proclaim it's empty because Jesus has risen from the dead. Now, why did the disciples proclaim that? Okay, let's on to the third piece of evidence that they witness the risen Jesus. The disciples proclaimed that because that's what they witnessed. They saw Jesus alive. Now, before I go more into this point, I want to uh, make it clear to uh, all those who are listening, to, to you guys here, that Christians do not say, and Christians readily admit, that there are no eyewitnesses of the resurrection. There is no, there are no, no eyewitnesses of the resurrection. And what I mean by that is that there was no one there when Jesus was lying in the linen cloth and lying on the, in the tomb. No one was there that saw the corpse. Huh? Five minutes ago, it's, I mean, like, corpse doesn't move, right? And then it starts to move. Ah, then moving, then the clothes somehow, wow, then Jesus, and then the light, and then the stone. Okay. No one saw that. And Christians, we admit, yes, there are no eyewitnesses of the resurrection event itself. But what we have are witnesses of the risen Jesus. Jesus alive again. Jesus that they spoke with, that they touched Jesus, that, that ate with them. Witnesses that saw the risen Jesus. And uh, many of them were his disciples. Now, this was something that um, they would not have made up. Because, you see, they thought the tomb was empty. It is only because they actually encountered the risen Jesus, then they start proclaiming, he is alive. He is alive. Now, how do we know? How do we know today that the disciples didn't make it up? You know, they didn't like, get together, conspiracy theory, and you know, what they proclaimed back then. How do we know that it is not fake news? Okay. The evidence, there is evidence of that today. Okay. And it is around us. You see? Okay, the evidence that the disciples did not make this up. Okay, not proof, I mean, I can't, don't talk about proof, this is a historical event, but the evidence, the strong evidence that the disciples did not make this up, I mean, it is around us, can you see it? Okay, no, 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 it's actually around us, around us. The evidence in that Christianity still survives and thrives to this day. Because you need to understand, when the disciples started proclaiming that Jesus is risen, the whole might of the Roman Empire. I mean, this is just like, what, 10, 20 fishermen, you know, like a small group of, you know, people. And the whole might of the Roman Empire came down on them with persecution and, you know, thrown into the lion's den. I mean, all these kind of things. If the disciples were the ones who stole the body, if the disciples were the ones who said, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's promote this fake news. They know it's a lie. 
Why would they die for a lie that they know is a lie? Huh? Why would they die for a lie? It is precisely because they knew it was not a lie. That's why they were willing to face death, face untold suffering. So the fact that the might of the Roman Empire tried to snuff out Christianity, but could not, did not, is because the disciples who really saw the risen Jesus knew what they saw, believed what they saw, and were willing to die for it. That's why it survives to this day. That's why today there are people called Christians around us. That's why, they, that's why today there is this thing called Christianity, all built upon the historical reality, the facts of Jesus dying and rising again. Now, each of the things that I've said, there is a lot more that could be said. And I hope that if you are investigating Christianity, that this prompts you to examine the evidence. Now, you need to realize that nowhere in Christianity are you asked to take a leap of blind faith. No one is asking you to just close your eyes. Okay, okay, Eugene did, but that was close your eyes and just imagine. Okay, But, but in terms of actually believing, no, 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 you do not take a leap of blind faith. No, you actually open your eyes and you examine the evidence and the evidence, if you look at it, it is compelling. So that if you do take that step of faith, it is standing on evidence. Now, I want to address those who uh, may have joined us and are investigating, investigating Christianity. I want to say that if you are part of the group that does not believe God exists, then I want to say you need to check that out. Okay? You need to look at the arguments and the evidence for the existence of God. But if you belong to a group and you notionally you believe, you believe that there is a God who exists and then you just need to, you're just wondering, okay, but is Christianity the right thing? Is Jesus, you know, man rising from the dead, I mean, that's so hard to believe. But the thing is this, right? If you believe that the existence of God is possible, then the possibility of that God acting in history Raising Jesus from the dead is possible. It's just as long as you accept that, yes, a God could exist, then that God could very well work in history this way of raising someone from the dead. This is not something that is too hard for a God who exists. Now, I want to move on now and talk about how the resurrection really makes a difference. The resurrection really makes a difference because the resurrection declares the reality of forgiveness. The resurrection declares the certainty of eternal life. You know why we say that? Because Jesus, when he was alive, he taught again and again. He taught that he would die and he told people that after I die, I would rise from the dead. And he also taught clearly what his death was about. His death was about being the ransom. One life, ransom for many. And why why is it that we need to pay a ransom? It's because if there is a God who exists, then all of us, we have not lived our lives honouring this God. We have not 
lived in worship and in allegiance to this God. We have rebelled against this God. And so there is punishment. But God has sent Jesus and Jesus has died. He died the death that we deserve so that we may not have to face that death. And so this is what Jesus taught. He taught that his death would accomplish forgiveness. And he taught that his death would open the way to eternal life. Now, you just imagine someone doing that. Huh? And you were, you're one of the crowds and you listen to this rabbi Jesus teaching that his death would accomplish what? These grand things. Forgiveness. You know, eternal life. And then this same rabbi says, after he dies, three days later, he will rise from the dead. And sure enough, he dies. He is crucified at the hands of the, the Roman soldiers. He is dead and is buried. You know what happens? If after three days, the tomb is still occupied, then you have to go humbug. All that he thought is nonsense. Not worth trusting. But if after three days, he really rises from the dead, then that is the evidence, that is the ground of you know, surety that you can, you can place your feet on, that his death indeed accomplished forgiveness. That his, his death indeed defeated death and there is now eternal life. Because true to his words, after three days he's risen from the dead, then you can trust what he said about his death is true. And so there is, because of the resurrection, declaration that forgiveness is real. It is certain. So no matter what you have done, no matter how much of a mess you have made with your life, no matter what depths of rebellion you've, you've, you've gone into, the resurrection declares forgiveness of sin is real. And also declares eternal life. Eternal life. I mean, we prayed for our sister Jessie. And of course, we, we, we long and we hope that she will make it through this critical stage and be back with us. But you know, right? All of us will die. I haven't told you all this, but you know, a few months back, I experienced heart palpitations. And eventually, I went to see my GP. And after the GP did the ECG on me, he said, Hey, Pastor Yao, I want to send you to A&E now. Because your heartbeat uh, is so irregular. Anytime you can get a stroke, anytime you can get a heart attack. I mean, you know what I eat, right? All green color one. I mean, you know how much I exercise. The reality is we will all die. But the resurrection of Jesus declares that that death is not the end. His death has defeated death. How do we know? How do we know he has defeated death? Because he's risen from the dead. This is the great difference that the resurrection makes. Now I want to end by telling you a true story true story of what I came across recently in something that I read. It's about a pastor by the name of Glenn. Glenn, who has been a you know, pastor for you know, many, many years. And the story is told 
of how one night his younger son, 16-year-old Brady, was driving home after basketball practice and he was involved in a headlong collision with a drunk driver. Now, Brady was taken instantly. And the writer says, you can only begin to imagine what were the depths of pain and grief that the, the family suffered. I mean, and if you're, you're a parent, I mean, you can also just imagine if, if that ever happens to you, how would you cope? And then the writer says about how when he went for Brady's funeral, when Glenn preached, how he had not experienced a more sacred moment how Glenn spoke lovingly of Brady's life, his character, how he was such an influence in his youth group. But he also spoke openly about the choking heartache, the loss and the grief that the family was going through. But Glenn also made sure to point to God, the God who loves us and the God who has done so much for us. And a few months later, this writer is standing with Glenn and a few other pastors in a, car, in, a, in a car park lot. And they're trying to find out how Glenn is doing, trying to encourage him. And Glenn spoke honestly about how this tragic experience of his son's death, how, how that forced him, forced him to ask himself honestly, what? Do I really believe? Now, I mean, Glenn has been a pastor for, for years, teaching the, the, the truth, preaching the Bible, but it was such a tragedy that forced him to ask himself, what does he really believe? And then he asked them, do you know what it all boils down to? Do you know what it all boils down to? And because, the, you know, the, 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 the people with him, they were all pastors as well, so they, they want to appear stupid, right? So they all say some answer, blah, 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 you know, spit out something. And then Glenn said, Glenn looked them in the eye and said, what it all boils down to is the resurrection. Because if that is true, then it means that everything will be okay. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened, then it means that everything will be made right, everything will be okay. But if it is not true, then ultimately it is hopeless. So friends, I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you. Yes, if you are a Christian, you believe the resurrection. But with Glenn's experience, I think we learn that it is only when we have things taken from us, when the props on which we lean on, when suffering removes, you know, brings us out of that comfort zone, when we are forced to really question what we really believe, then in a sense, though we have always believed the resurrection, it is only in the times of loss and suffering that we are deepened in our trust and belief of these truths. So what I want to encourage you is this, that if you live long enough, you will experience pain. You will experience trial. You will experience suffering. And don't let the suffering push you away 
from God. Don't let the trial push you away from truth. No, no. See the trial, see the suffering as great opportunity to press in, to find that, yes, these truths that you've always believed now are so much more real. You are finding yourself the experience of, yes, yes, these truths, I can rest on them. I can stand on them. They are trustworthy. The experience of being nourished by truths you've always believed, but because of the trial now, you believe them even more. The resurrection, if it is true, then it means that it will all be okay one day. And God help us keep trusting. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.